Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Nicole. And this is Yes Dude, the show about shit we like. Hi. <laughs> Hello, how are you? So bored, dude. <laughs> Why? It's been our our stay at home went into effect on the 1st. It's the 5th. We still have 25 days as it is right now. And I just want to go to Target <laughs> and like see a movie. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is our, this upcoming week is our third week of official stay at home from Governor Brown. Yeah. Um, so she hasn't officially extended our stay at home yet. She, and she never really like gave an official date as to when it would end. So I think we're just all kind of waiting to <laughs> yeah hear officially from her uh, when it's over. But until we hear otherwise, we're stay at home yeah ours is uh currently until the 30th but i mean obviously we'll see if that gets extended i'm just so bored (laughs) not that i usually like go places and like do things but i had the option (laughs) right now that you're told you can't it's like i can't just like go everywhere go to barnes and noble (laughs) right this is weird isn't it so speaking of Arizona's 30-day stay-at-home yeah. order, that affects graduation. Yeah, I know. I mean, so technically ASU's graduation wouldn't fall in the 30 days of April, no. but they announced that all their summer classes were online as well. And then the president two days later came out and said, yes, we're moving graduation to online, virtual in May. And then all graduates that are graduating in 2020 or spring of 2020 have the option to walk in December of 2020. So far away. Right. December. I'm like, I cannot wait that long to see you. I know. That's so far away. We're supposed to record an episode together by the pool at the house I rented in Scottsdale. I I thought about it. Damn it. Yes. My foot's asleep a little bit. Okay. Oh, shake it. Wake well, it up. Well, I, I have to sit on the floor because I don't have a regular table in my room. Or like a desk. Mm-hmm. I have a desk. I know. <laughs> I can tell that you're not <laughs> sitting on the floor. No. I have a desk and a chair. That's yeah. Great. Well, I can't get either of those because I can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we should give our listeners an update on our work status since we've been kind of doing that weekly okay um so i'll let you start any changes at your place of employment this um not really my days off are different than normal but laundry services are considered essential so we're open i mean oh we have to they you have a job i do have a job (laughs) that's good i'm still getting a paycheck so that's nice they've like changed some of the rules though so like we have a drive-up spot so we, like, put the sign out, and we call it a car hop. Like, you know, the sonic skate wheels. What are those called? Rollerblade? <laughs> roller skate car hops? Yeah. yeah. I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> I couldn't remember the word roller skate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, you pull up in the spot that has the sign, and then we'll take your stuff out there. So you don't have to get out if you're, like, handicapped or have a baby or something. That's nice. But we're not doing that anymore because it means we have to touch their cards, and we're not touching cards. <laughs> So now everyone has to come in, which is fine by me. I don't really care. But we also have to leave the front door open to minimize, like, people touching the door. Which means that the alarm doesn't go off because the alarm goes off to, like, the little, like, ding-dong chime thing. Goes off when someone opens the door. So so it means that if I have nothing to do and, like, you know, I'm just, like, hanging out reading or something, I just have to sit, like, in the middle of the floor (laughs) so I can see if someone pulls up. Or comes in the door because some people are quiet and you can't hear them come in. (laughs) You're like sitting behind the counter. Like a mouse. So that's weird. Mm. I was in the... Okay, so yesterday I was detailing an order and then I went back to wash my hands because I didn't have any other clothes to touch. So literally, (laughs) 20 seconds is all you have to do to wash your hands, right? So it'll be like 30 seconds, maybe a full minute if I walk really slow. (laughs) <laughs> to like go to the bathroom there and wash back. my hands and walk back to the front of the store so i go back and i wash my hands and i heard someone yell hello i'm like well i have soap on my hands i have to at least rinse them off right so i go back but it's like 
It's been less than a minute because I'm washing my hands. It's not like I went pee first. <laughs> right? So just from the front to the hand washing station. Exactly. So I am like drying my hands and she's like outside the bathroom door. Like yeah. <laughs> you can't see Nicole's wow. face, but like <laughs> Yeah. It's not like okay, so if we're not like using the bathroom, if we're just in there to like check in the mirror and like stare at ourselves or like wash our hands or something we leave the door open because you can't hear with the door closed yeah <laughs> so like that would be stupid so we always have the door open i can hear you i just give me like a second so <laughs> she like walks to the back of the store to make sure that someone's there and i'm like it's been 30 seconds <laughs> this is a customer she was sitting like, outside takes- for 10 full minutes while i detailed the last order and then she came in as soon as I left the counter. <laughs> and then she's all up. And she was parked in front yes! of the store? <laughs> she was parked in front of the store oh my God. for 10 minutes doing whatever while I detailed. Like, she was there the entire time I had that order, right? So I would have, like, chewed her ass and been like, ma'am, you just put me at risk. Go back. Not to the only front that, of the store, we're not allowed to let people behind the counter because if they get hurt, well, then we're liable. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, there's that aspect, yeah. too, which is an everyday yeah. thing but specifically right now related to corona hello lady like what it's are you okay thinking she's wearing plastic gloves <laughs> okay but where's her I mask know. so she's like God. you guys need like a, a sign i thought to, i thought she said chime and i'm like oh yeah we have one it's on the door but we have to leave the door open and she's like oh what where is it and she goes up and like looks at it and obviously the sign on the door says our temporary hours <laughs> and she's like no a sign that says like you know, I'll be right back or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I was, you know, just washing my hands. <laughs> Your ass was outside like, for 10 minutes and couldn't come in until I left. Like, right, also, you just watched me. Like, I wasn't even gone I know, that long. You watched me watch the back. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, I didn't, I didn't know if someone was here, or if you were, like, hanging out out back. I'm like, why the fuck would I be hanging out out back? <laughs> like, so people get like, so upset when they have to wait 30 seconds for me to walk back from the back. I'm like... No, I'm the only one here, so we're always going to be here. We just, you know, have to wash our hands. She's like, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you have to do. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> She's like, so are you guys, like, staying open? Are you essential? And I'm like, well, laundry services is on the list. She's like, really? And I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> right? Like, if you care so much, why are you here? Go home. <laughs> oh, goodness, oh, people. I know. Like, clearly you needed us, so... Yikes. Anyway, how's your work? <laughs> uh, my work uh, is good. I worked a whole week this week. Um, I can now put work during a global pandemic on my resume. <laughs> you as well. That's yeah. cool. It was busy on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, Friday slowed down a little bit just because I had caught up on work from the week before. Overall, though, I felt pretty good emotionally. Did you um, request work from home? I did not. Okay. Simply because there were only just a handful of people in the actual office and we're going to continue our blended work from home operations for however long this lasts. So I can kind of put up with the minimum amount of people there and everyone's done a really good job of maintaining their distance and maintaining their distance and walking around, uh, washing their hands and sanitizing and lotioning. I think that's the hardest part. My hands are, are so dry and like... They can't even take all the lotion in before I wash them the next time. And I'm just like, you poor little hands. Like, I'm putting you through the ringer. <laughs> yeah. But uh, work went well. Uh, going back tomorrow, Monday. So. That's good. Yeah. Like I said, for you, it's nice to get a paycheck. Yeah. Emotionally, though, it's a little stressful. But I don't directly work with the public like you do. So. Yeah. I figured <laughs> I can suck it up and do my job. All right. Enough to prepping shit. <laughs> I'm going to go first this week. Yes, you do. Okay. So before we started recording this episode, you asked me what I was drinking mm-hmm. today. <laughs> and today it is one of your favorite things, which is coffee. Oh, okay. And one of my favorite things, which is Bailey's. Oh, okay. Is Bailey's your thing? Yes. Okay. Yes, Bailey's is my thing. Okay. <laughs> I am okay. not a fan, but you continue. <laughs> so I didn't used to be because I was never a fan of, or because I burnt myself on whiskey. <laughs> And Bailey's is made of Irish whiskey, but we'll get to yeah. that. So Bailey's. <laughs> uh, we went for a bike ride today and I wanted to relax a little bit while we recorded. So I made some coffee and put some Bailey's in it. Nice. That's my afternoon cocktail. A little Irish whiskey. <laughs> or I mean Irish coffee. <laughs> yeah. 
Damn it. <laughs> Irish whiskey, Irish coffee. So Bailey's is created by Thomas Edwin Doggo, a Cornish liquor executive and marketeer who is also known for creating Malibu and Johnny Walker Blue Label. Side note, I can't drink Malibu because we got drunk on it too many times in high school. <laughs> That's why I don't drink rum anymore. <laughs> At it, all? Uh, I can, I'll do like a spiced rum or just like plain, plain rum. I can't do any of the like pineapple or coconut. Yeah. No, it takes me back and I can't do it. <laughs> Even just the smell, I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> Research began for Bailey's in 1971. They were hired by Thomas Edwin Jago. Their names were David Gluckman and Hugh Seymour Davies. They tested in trial. Te- they did tests and trials in London for three years. They finally settled on a recipe and it was introduced to the world internationally in 1974. There are lots of variations of Bailey's. The different flavors they have available today are the original Irish cream, Bailey's Almond, <laughs> salted caramel. Strawberries and cream. Which sounds... Espresso cream. The strawberries and cream one sounds awful to me. It sounds terrible. (laughs) They have a red velvet and they have a pumpkin spice. I do enjoy pumpkin spice. I can't drink any of them, but I do do enjoy pumpkin spice. (laughs) This is true because they have have cream in them, which is my next little note. (laughs) The ingredients in Bailey's are Irish cream, cocoa, and Irish whiskey. You realize this is your so second like alcohol brief- you've talked about, and this is episode four? <laughs> Bitch, I'm in quarantine, okay? We're in a global pandemic. Don't judge me. I'm just pointing out a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me, okay? <laughs> the three components, or three ingredients of Irish whiskey, are Irish cream, cocoa, and Irish whiskey. Uh, the founders wanted to combine two simple Irish treasures, air quotes, uh, that didn't taste punishing. And they wanted those two Irish treasures uh, to be dairy cream and Irish whiskey. So they basically wanted to make a drink that highlighted I- Ireland, but didn't taste like shit. <laughs> yeah. My uh, um, my I- flavor of choice is Irish cream, but I'm not a fan of Bailey's. Interesting. Yeah. I like Bailey's, but I do not like the Costco Kirkland brand of Bailey's. That is Awful. We bought it one time and it is. I think we're finding a trend with the Costco alcohols. (laughs) I like their wines that are actually brand wines, but I don't like the Kirkland brand alcohol. Except for I do like the Kirkland brand vodka. Well, because that's just Grey Goose. It's literally some of them are just (laughs) fancy alcohol (laughs) that they've repackaged. But yes, yeah. But (laughs) don't get their prosecco. It's not good. Their prosecco and their version of Bailey's is no bueno. It takes 200 million liters of fresh Irish milk to produce the amount of Baileys to meet the demand of Irish cream. For where? That is the demand for the world? Worldwide. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. And for us Americans, <laughs> that is 52,834,410.5 gallons of milk per you year. You could have said 10 million, and the difference is nothing to me. I can't imagine anything over like 30 gallons of milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's all 52 the same. Million. Yeah, it's all this. It's a lot. <laughs> a lot of fucking milk. <laughs> yeah. So we went for a bike ride today. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I just wanted a little drink. So <laughs> Bailey's brought me joy today. So I decided to share some Bailey's facts with the world. That's good. So here we are. <laughs> yes. And this concludes my my first. That's topic. it. That's it, dude. It I was better short. talk a lot, dude. We're only 16 minutes in. <laughs> Hey, man, my second one is real cool. Okay, good, because we better talk a lot. Oh, we will. Good. We will. Okay, are we moving on to me? Yes, on to your first topic. Okay, I have another food. This time I have the sandwich of our people, peanut butter and jelly. Yes! (laughs) Stefan had one of those for lunch earlier. See? Peanut butter and jelly, the sandwich of our people. It's a staple, dude. Yeah. Americans. (laughs) So, in a 2002 survey, they found that the average American will have eaten 1,500 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before they graduate high school. 1,500? Yep. In their first 18 years of life, yep. huh? Give or take a year. 17, yeah. 18. <laughs> I love PBJs. They're like... They're so good. They're joyous. They're so good. They bring me joy. Okay, so I was listening to a podcast recently, and they had a guest on, and her husband is British, and they live in England, and she was making a peanut butter and jelly one day for lunch, because she was like, that sounds good. And he comes in, he's like, what? are you doing? And she's like, I'm making a 
peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I wanted a snack. And he's like, but what are you doing? And she's like, he has an 11 year old daughter. She's like, your daughter's never eaten this like for lunch, because this is what every American kid eats for lunch. Like every day. He's like, no, we don't do that here. (laughs) Culture shock. Yeah. It's so, I mean, obviously people in other countries know that it's a thing, but like, they just don't do it. And I have some right thoughts on that later. But it's surprisingly hard to find information on why. So PB&Js are pretty much, like, exclusive to the yes. U.S.? I would argue more so than apple pie and, like, hot dogs. It's the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. America and Canada. It's basically the only place you eat that. That's fascinating. Yeah. So, as I said last week, I enjoy a food history. So I looked up more stuff about peanut butter and jelly. Yes. Give me all the facts. Okay, so peanut butter was originally paired with savory foods, which is weird. But at the there's a tea house, the Russian tea room, I think. Unless that's something else, don't quote me. I can't remember. <laughs> but in New York, they had a peanut butter sandwich, but it was peanut butter and watercress. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they also, it was paired with other things like pimento, cheese, celery, which we still do, saltines, which some people still do, and toasted crackers. I don't know how that's different than a saltine, but... Right. But there was something about, like, there's an open-faced sandwich that was basically peanut butter on bread with, like, crackers. And I'm like, hold on a second. That's just bread and crackers. (laughs) I don't understand why they're doing that. But, yeah, it's not a savory food to us, really. No, it has a sweet element to it, like, naturally. it's not natural. They add a lot of sugar to it so that kids will eat it more. But okay, the peanut butter I get doesn't have any added sugar in it. It's just straight ground peanut butter. Oh, I um don't do that because I like it to taste oh. good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have the healthy uh, shit. three jars of peanut butter in our cupboard right now. I eat so much of it that my body could not afford if I got the sugary <laughs> shit. Like yeah. It, I would die. I would give myself diabetes. Well, that that like, is straight up. possibly one of the things because, like, Brits are generally more focused on, you know, nutritious foods than, like, snack foods. And there's a lot of sugar and peanut butter. So that could be one of the things, but we don't really know. There was a good housekeeping article that came out in 1896. <laughs> That's, like, 140 years ago almost. <laughs> no, 130 124. So long time ago. That's an old ass article and it's still applicable? Well, not really. Because let me read you okay. what the article said. Okay. It urged homemakers to use a meat grinder to make peanut butter and spread the result on bread, which is kind of the first published instance of a open-faced peanut butter sandwich. Okay. I saw one article because we all know George Washington Carver. I saw one article yeah. that said that he didn't really invent it. He just helped the production of peanuts cultivation and production yeah i don't know i that's didn't kind of that's kind of like the creator of bailey's he like hired two consultants and they did it and he just like claimed it because he was rich and yeah could. well i wasn't focusing on peanut butter and jelly production on their own i just want the sandwich the sandwich yeah. and also i'm not going to go on record as saying that because that is a invention air quotes <laughs> for lack of a better word, that has actually been credited to a person of color, and I'm not going to take that away without fact-checking. So, I don't actually know if George Washington Carver invented peanut butter, but that's not what we're talking about anyway. That was in one article, so I don't know. In the early 1900s, peanut butter was adopted down the class structure because the price of peanuts dropped. They were originally pretty expensive, but because of, I don't know, the war or something... I don't have a specific year, but it was... Yeah, they're pretty cheap yeah, now. It was a uh, higher class food item. Yeah. Well, it's good, so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, I'll get into the Great Depression and stuff. In 1901, Julia Davis Chandler published an article in the Boston Cooking School magazine that said uh, this recipe is her own. To her knowledge, it is original. So this might be the very first recipe for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Three very thin layers of bread, because I think that this was before pre-sliced bread. 1901. I would have to double check, but I think that that is before. Because Betty White is older than sliced bread, or they both came out the same year. (laughs) Too bad my Alexa isn't in here. I could just ask her. (laughs) 
But yeah, okay, so thin layers of bread because I think that it was before pre-sliced bread, so like you could choose your own <laughs> width. I don't have a picture of it. I imagine that it looks kind of like a peanut butter jelly Big Mac with the bread in the middle, right? Because how yeah, else I would mean, you put <clears throat> the extra slice of bread in there? <laughs> right? Like, where would the third one go? You can't have it lopsided two pieces on one side and one on the other. Like, yeah. no. No, that's stupid. Agreed. Make it even. Split <laughs> So I think ways. it's a peanut butter and jelly Big Mac, but I'm not quite sure. That sounds delicious. <laughs> that's. I think I might actually make that how I make PB&Js from now on. Yeah, well, I don't, I make a mine on, I mostly only buy Dave's Killer Bread. And like, that's a lot of hearty bread. <laughs> if you're gonna... Yeah, that's pretty yeah. dense. <laughs> the dense sandwich. Yeah, we buy sourdough. I do enjoy sourdough. When I make sandwiches, I usually chop them in half. I don't always have a full sandwich. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I don't like bread. Yeah. Well, that's one of the ways. Fun fact. If you me. have a, if you have it, if you have your peanut butter and jelly on one piece of bread... With like half peanut butter and half jelly, and then you fold it in half. That is technically open faced. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not really. You just you're still folding it in half. It's not pizza, right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, three very thin layers of bread and two of filling. One of the layers of filling, peanut paste, whatever brand you prefer, and currant or crab apple jelly for the other. Never had crab apple jelly, and currant isn't really a flavor that we do in America anymore. I. I've never had crab apple jelly, and I know that I don't like the flavor of currant, so... Well, it was 1901. There weren't too many flavors. <laughs> there weren't options. Jelly. I'm a spoiled bitch in 2020. <laughs> I do love peanut butter and jelly. Yes. What's your favorite jelly flavor? Oh, I'm not done. I have, oh. like, three more sentences. <laughs> we'll okay, talk about finish. preferences after. Okay, so that was in 1901, was the article by Julia Davis Chandler in the Boston Cooking School magazine. Peanut butter and jelly have been found on ration lists since World War II. So the guys would pack that around and then just kind of took that home and started using that recipe in everyday life because it only made sense for them to not have two pieces, like a piece of bread with peanut butter and a piece of bread with jelly. That's stupid. Just put it together and eat it all at once. Put it together. Delicious. But that was obviously after 1901. So I still credit Julia. I, Julia. (laughs) So, okay, as for, I could not, I went to, no, I just typed in various versions of that sentence (laughs) to to try and find out why is it only in America, right? It's not really, you can't really find information on that, but I think it might have something to do with the Great Depression because families realized that it's, you know, it's filling and it's high protein and it's cheap. And it's cheap. So <laughs> you just, you know, spend less money on food and not have to eat it as often. But also, they did a study. More Brits eat peanut butter, like, on bread for breakfast mm-hmm. than they eat peanut butter for lunch. And in America, it's kind of the opposite. We have, like, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You put it in your kid's lunch, <clears> and then they take it to school. And in the morning, it's, like, eggs and toast or whatever. Yeah. I prefer, I actually really like peanut butter and toast. Mm-hmm. It's, like, one of my favorite things, and I like it specifically in the morning, mainly because I'm not a huge breakfast eater anyways. Yeah, I like to put it in a smoothie. Yeah. I will eat peanut butter in lots of different yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah. All the ways. it's so good. 59% of households with kids ages 5 to 9 buy peanut butter in the UK, but only 32% of single-person homes do. So it's seen as more of a kid's food over there. So that might also contribute, okay. like, once you grow up, you just stop eating it. So that's obviously a lot. That is not the case here no, in America. No, it's not. I'm going to tell you right now. Two thirds of the peanut butter consumed in the U.S. is consumed by adults in America, as opposed to 30% of single person homes over there. That's a large difference. Yeah. That's like the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's all the information I could find about why they don't eat it over there. It's just not really a thing that a you thing. continue to eat as you get older. That's really interesting. It's, I love, like, learning about different cultures yeah. and why things are. And sometimes there is no answer. It's <laughs> no, just... I, I typed in because the way it many is. versions of that question and I couldn't like find my, anything. Why do we sleep last week? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. Not even the scientists. Like, we just sleep. Same thing with PB&Js. Why do we as Americans eat, and eat them and Europeans don't? I mean, I know why we eat them. I just don't know why other people don't. <laughs> <laughs> they should because it's damn it delicious. Is. So I, in the strawberry versus grape debate, I'm always going to go grape. For jelly? Yeah. I am a picky bee when I come to my jelly. <laughs> Turns out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like 
Raspberry jelly. That wasn't. That was not my question. (laughs) Grape versus strawberry. I know. Hold on. I'm getting there. And then in the grape versus strawberry debate, I'm always going to go grape. My favorite thing to eat grape jelly on is a grilled cheese. I have not had that, but I have had some sort of sandwich. Before my friend's baby shower a couple years ago, we went and like got coffee and stuff. I had some sort of sandwich that had like roasted grapes on it. It was real good. That sounds delicious. (laughs) I love grapes. Grapes are... We'll save that for another (laughs) We'll save that topic. Crunchy. Crunchy. (laughs) Creamy or crunchy? Crunchy. Crunchy. Always. No doubt. Hands down. I have in my cupboard right now, I have a crunchy that's almost gone because I've eaten it all and people were like stocking up on peanut butter when they were buying all the rice. Panic buying. But peanut butter and rice apparently (laughs) are the two that you're going (laughs) to need to survive. Shelf stable. Carbon protein. Makes sense. So I have that. That's almost gone. I asked Kelsey to pick up some peanut butter crunchy if they had it, but you know, whatever they have is fine (laughs) because I'm almost out of peanut butter. They only had the store brand creamy, apparently. (laughs) I'm like, that is fine. It'll be fine. Works. And then I went to the store a couple days later and they had restocked and I'm like, well, shit, yeah, I'm gonna get that Skippy extra crunch. (laughs) Yeah, it's so good. (laughs) I love it. We get Adams. Nah. <laughs> we get. Adams. I don't want to spend it. that much money on peanut butter. <laughs> I, I like yeah. it. <laughs> it's just easy because at my work, I don't have a fridge or a microwave. So it's one of the few things I can take that's not like buy a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just like a banana and like a PBJ. Stable. Yeah. That's such a good classic lunch. I love yeah. it. Bananas and PB&Js are my favorite. Yeah. So there are variations, obviously. You can do it with jam instead of jelly. I'm like, that's not a variation. <laughs> that's just the it's kind different. of sweet sauce you got in your fridge. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what kind of parents do you have? That's the only difference. But Jam or jelly. Yeah. But then there's the, you know, fluffernutter or... Do you know what that is? <laughs> no. <laughs> can you tell what it yeah. is? <laughs> uh, it's just the peanut butter and marshmallow fluff. Oh my god, I feel like... I need to have this You've in my life. You've never had that? No. I just said I didn't oh, know what it was. I know, but I didn't know that it, that's what it was called until... So do you remember the show Awkward? No. There was a girl who was kind of a bully on that show, uh, and then they, like, read her diary once, and it, was, it seems like a pretty problematic show for how late it came out, but... Yeah, they, like, read her diary, and she was concerned about... She was, like, self-conscious about her weight, but she just loves eating Fluffernutter sandwiches. And I'm like, who's writing this show? Because <laughs> it's not good. But that's no. the first time I ever heard the term Fluffernutter, because my dad was always making fucking marshmallow fluff and peanut butter sandwiches. Like... I don't know that I've ever actually bought marshmallow fluff. I know what it is, and I know it exists, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I've ever actually bought it for any... Actually, that's a lie. <laughs> I bought it one time for something I made... I was baking. What was I baking? Probably a cheesecake or something. I don't remember, but I know I bought it one yeah. time. It was real good. You take a thing, a marshmallow fluff, you take a thing of cream cheese, you mix it together, have your nice little fruit dip. Ooh. Yeah, it's real good. Not good for you. Don't pretend that the fruit is going to counteract all the marshmallow <laughs> and cheese, but... In that case, the sugar from the fruit is hindering yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe you dip some celery in there. I don't know. <laughs> Ew. Yikes. Well, you put peanut butter. So peanut on butter it. and <laughs> peanut butter and whipped fluff. Marshmallow fluff. <laughs> marshmallow fluff. Were you making fudge? Because there's always a fudge recipe on the back of the marshmallow fluff. I don't <laughs> think that I was. I was specifically baking something. Oh. Those were my two ideas: cheesecake and fudge. But <laughs> if it's not those, I don't know. I've never made a cheesecake, hmm. but it is on my list of things to do. You should do that. <laughs> I should do that. One of my friends made a tie-dye one this last week and posted on Instagram, and I was like, ooh, nice. I need to, to make myself one of those. Yeah. You can also do, I always, my favorite was the peanut butter and honey and banana. Yes. Because yeah. we always got the, like, the cream tunny. That's a sandwich in and of itself, though. That's not really a PB&J. That's just a peanut butter sandwich with Well, it's a variation. Honey. It's peanut butter. You swap out, swap out the jelly for the honey and then add some banana, but. This is true. If there was, like, pureed banana jelly, that'd I mean, Ew. essentially, that's what it is with honey and, but with honey and whole yeah. bananas. Uh, Jacob's family is full of monsters who do something horrible to their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Have you ever seen him make one? Do I even want to know? 
it's not that bad. <laughs> but okay. I think it's awful and it hurts me. Is it going to change my opinion of Possibly. him? Possibly. Oh, so, best friend. He gets out the peanut butter. He gets out the jelly. He gets out a bowl. He puts them in a bowl together and mixes them before he puts it on the bread. <laughs> Are you joking no. me? No. <laughs> that is exactly how he makes the peanut butter. I'm like, what? you doing you monster <laughs> no it's like those jars it's that like have goobers. the peanut butter and the jelly I know. <laughs> no yes that's disgusting no it's so bad to see so i take it you wa- like wash your spoon off in between or your knife off in between dipping in your jelly and your peanut butter right yeah, yes absolutely because you don't like to mix right right because you're normal and not a yeah. monster okay you, you wipe Just it off like sure. on the bread as much as you can and then you go into the other one Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Okay. That's proper PB and J making <laughs> yeah. status. I always go with jelly first because it's easier to wipe off. Yes. Yep. And then I always like I always make my PB and J sandwich, and then like I scoop as much of the off white as I can mm-hmm. onto the bread, and then I dip it back in the container and get a little bit on the knife. Get <laughs> off the knife and throw the knife in the sink because I love peanut butter that yeah, much. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Some people make it with, I think, it, did they say cream cheese and jelly? And I'm like, that's like a like a fig jam and brie, but bad. <laughs> yeah. No. No. That sounds bad. I don't want that. That doesn't sound appetizing. Mm-hmm. So I found this jam at Safeway. It's called Good Good is the brand. Good Good Sweet Sweet okay. or something. I don't know. We use a local brand, I think. Yeah. Well, I got this one. It's not the cheapest and it's not the sweetest because it uses stevia instead of sugar but it's only like six calories <laughs> and i'm like that's a fucking deal for jam that's epic right and that's it like... doesn't have gelatin so i can eat it what? yeah but they only have three flavors i've had the apricot that's what's in my fridge right now and i just bought the blueberry and we'll see how that is they also have strawberry but i'm not a huge fan of strawberry but maybe i'll like it better see, I... if it's less sweet i do like strawberry yeah i'm just a great person <laughs> See, I like, I do like grape. I will, to me, grape is like classic jelly. For me, I like grape on my PB&J sandwiches, and I like raspberry and strawberry on my toast and biscuits. Yeah. But since we were talking about PB&J sandwiches, I went basically with grape. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's like a, in all my research, there was stuff about like John Welch and stuff, the guy from Welch's. I didn't Mm -hmm. read any of that, because that's not the information I was looking for. I don't care where jelly came from. We were talking about jelly. I wasn't talking about you, John. Right? Get out of here. Speaking of getting (laughs) out of here. Those are my thoughts on peanut butter jelly. (laughs) Speaking of getting out of here, I'm going to jump to my topic. Okay. It has been raining for like the last seven days here in Portland. And today it was sunny and warm. So I'm going to talk about the sun. (laughs) Because the sun is making me happy today. Okay. So I hopped on the NASA website and I was like curious as to like what they had to say about the sun, you know, because it's NASA and NASA has cool, cool stuff to say. Yeah. The average diameter of the sun, because apparently it varies, is 864,000 miles across, which is 109 times the size of Earth. Yeah, that's pretty big. <laughs> Again, that's I can't even fathom that. So yeah, that's, that's a lot. Large. It is. NASA lists its rotation period at the equator of 27 days. So does that mean one day is, like, one day on the sun is 27 Earth days? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not Because a then it goes on to say rotation period of poles about 36 days. I don't know what that means. <laughs> NASA, quit being so smart. If the sun were as tall as a typical front door, Earth would be about the size of a nickel. Huh. That's fucking tiny. We're so small. <laughs> we are so small. We are so small in the large scheme of things. Or the sun just big. I mean, there's that too. <laughs> Part of me thinks that all of our... Are you going to get sun, existential like a, on me? <laughs> yes, okay. I am. Part of me thinks that all of our planets and stars and meteorites are like cells and molecules inside of a bigger body. <laughs> like, like, have you ever like, let your mind wander that far? <laughs> no, because that's... No, that's too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. Oh, here we go. Here's more information on its rotation. Different spins. At the equator, the sun spins once about every 25 days, but at its poles, the sun rotates once on its axis every 35 Earth days. So I was right. That does make sense. When you think about the, like, moon phase is 
30 days. Yeah. Or, yeah. No. no. 28-ish, I think, right? I don't know. Start to finish. Like, <laughs> full s- waxing, waning, back and forth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Astrology. <laughs> <laughs> the sun, obviously, is a ball of gas. Mm-hmm. It is 92.1% hydrogen and 7.8% helium. So basically, it's just a giant hydrogen explosion all the time on the sun. You know, I'm glad you're telling me all this because I did not take any of those classes in high school. <laughs> no, you didn't? Oh, I took all the uh, all the redneck science. <laughs> oh, you took the ag option. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. I went the earth route. Earth science route and biology route. No, I was never good at science. So I was like, hey, let me go walk around in the trees real quick. <laughs> <laughs> we did that a lot part of me wishes i would have taken ag science just because it was a good time you know what we had to do in that class copy what? down the definitions of the highlighted words <laughs> that's pretty much it do you want to know what we had to do in earth science more work like, than that <laughs> yeah we had to uh, learn the latin roots for some of the like we had latin roots every week we had to learn and write down yeah and like write definitions for on top of writing it over and over and over ten times. <laughs> yeah, no. Me and Sarah and Sean were all in ag together, so it was a good time. To be fair, the Latin roots did help me because I'm able to, like, look at a word now and kind of figure out what it means without really having to look it up, usually. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> so there was some benefit to that. But anyways, back to the sun. Yeah. So the sun's visible surface sometimes has dark spots, which are areas of intense magnetic activity, which can lead to solar explosions. Yep. You did know that. So, I watch a lot of, like, first responder, like, cop dramas and medical dramas and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a show called 911 that takes place. It's the L.A. Fire Department. They started this year. They started a new spinoff of that, 911 Lone Star, that takes place in Austin. But because the original already has three seasons under its belt, and it's Ryan Murphy, the guy who did American Horror Story, oh, the yes. level of, like, drama has to match what's happening after three seasons of the original. So in, like, episode six or something, they had a solar flare that, like, knocked out the whole city and an astronaut died, and it was really traumatic for a season one of any show. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> season like, one is, is intense. too much. What are you doing? <laughs> Oi. So, like I said earlier, Stefan and I went for a bike ride. And I was kind of thinking, like, why do we feel warm when the sunlight hits us? Like, what is sunlight? Like, why do we burn? <laughs> so, basically, the sunlight is electromagnetic radiation. So, basically, when we're outside and we're feeling sunlight, we're, like, cooking ourselves in our skin. Which, I mean, I think I always knew, but it never really clicked onto me until I saw the word radiation today that I was actually, like... That's why we need the ozone layer. Yes, to protect us. Stop using straws. (laughs) Yes. That's also part of the reason I'm happy this virus, or (laughs) one of the bright spots of this stinking virus is getting to see all the effects of the, positive effects of the world. You know what I was thinking the other day when I was leaving work? There were like birds flying around and I'm like, the birds have no idea. (laughs) They don't. They don't know what's happening. (laughs) They don't, but I guess... In New York today, someone transmitted a the coronavirus to a tiger. How is that possible? Didn't they say animals can't get it? They We can't get it from animals, but apparently we can give it to them. At least cats. So they're going to do more research on that. So Well, that's really going to suck for everyone who owns a cat and is super paranoid about everything. Right? <laughs> now I feel bad for all the cats. Right. <laughs> Poor cats. Well, you know people right. are going to start going to just, like, sending them outside because that was a thing at the beginning. Because people were dropping off their pets at shelters. And, like, one of the shelters here, I'm pretty sure, shut down because they had no more dogs to adopt out. <laughs> because people are staying home and they're like, well, why not? Get a dog. Yeah. Sad. Oh, man. So many effects of this stupid virus. Yeah. Anyways. So, because we are exposed to the sun's electromagnetic magnetic radiation... And essentially, the harmful rays from that radiation are UV and UVB. Uh, there are ways we can protect ourselves from the sun's UVA, UVB rays, and that is by using a broad-spectrum sunscreen. Yeah. Uh, regular use of 15 SPF sunscreen reduces the risk of squamous cell carcinoma by 40% and melanoma by 50%. Yeah, I don't do that Just like enough. regular... <laughs> 
I learned back when I was selling makeup, I learned the importance of sunscreen every day. I can't put and sunscreen I got on away my from face it. if I'm wearing makeup because it will not stay. Yeah, that's kind of why I went away from it. Uh, I know the importance of wearing sunscreen daily, but I kind of went away from it because my skin doesn't like it. It freaks out. Yeah. <laughs> so I've kind of like opted into wearing hats and things with visors and stuff. So my face is protected yeah. just in a different way. I just don't go outside. (laughs) (laughs) See, I love the sun. The sun makes me happy, which is why I'm talking about it. (laughs) Um, So what kind of sunscreen works best? 30 SPF or higher if you're spending all day outdoors. For daily use, if you're intermittently going in and out, 15 SPF is fine. But if you're like a summer day or spring day, if you're going outdoors, 30 SPF or higher is the recommended. It's recommended to put sunscreen on. 30 minutes prior to going outdoors to let it kind of sink into your skin and start activating and then reapply every two hours after that. Where do you apply (laughs) all of your exposed skin? All of the skin that is getting the sun's electromagnetic radiation rays. Mm -hmm. And how much do you put on? Like a shot glass full (laughs) to your entire body. I'm like, that's so much. (laughs) Yeah, it is a lot. But if you think about it, it's like your entire body. So it just kind of like sinks it in. And why should we do it? To reduce our chance of skin damage and skin cancer. So, yes. Those are just some fun facts about the sun and how to protect ourselves in the sun as we move into the spring season. <laughs> so Straight from one of the... winter to summer because we can't go outside yet. <laughs> no, dude. It's going to be weird. We're going to miss spring. Yeah. We are going to miss spring. But think of all the baby well, birds that don't have to worry about people touching them. Right. Something interesting about um, sunscreen, though, going back to that topic is there are what they call like natural sunscreens that have is it zinc or maybe it's aluminum in them it's zinc um that you like put i think it is zinc it's yeah. zinc because that's what it's <laughs> called yeah it is zinc. okay uh, you put it on your skin and it like reflects the sunlight which i like because it takes less chemicals it uses the reflection of the zinc particles in the sun mm-hmm. to protect your skin rather than chemicals sinking into your skin cells and protecting them that way so it's just a more natural way and that's just now becoming a thing here in the states i mean it's been around but it hasn't been it's more so for like lifeguards you put it on your nose and your lips (laughs) yeah i put it on the um usually like the round parts of my shoulders like the top parts and then i'll put regular sunscreen everywhere else but basically the parts that like blister or burn the The most parts that you would put highlighter on (laughs) yeah pretty much collarbone area you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> shoulders a little under your brow <laughs> but yeah so that's my that's my happy sun talk for the day nice not for the week or for the episode <laughs> what is your second topic okay so i couldn't decide on a second thing for like a long time because i was just like I don't know. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things that you could talk about. I'm like, how do I pick which one? Right? So I originally was going to talk about something else. And then it was yesterday. And I thought about it more. And I was like, no, I have to talk about this. Because this is important. <laughs> and I need people to know about Kim's convenience. I know you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Not a clue. <laughs> Kim's Convenience is a Canadian show that they have on Netflix now. It started in... 2016. It's good. If you watch no other show, you need to watch Kim's Convenience. Okay. So it was about a Korean-Canadian family. They are Appa, whose name is Sangil. They never say their actual names. For Okay, so Appa and Amma mean father and mother in Korean. Okay. <laughs> so when I say those words, know that I'm talking about the parents. Okay. So Appa is named Sangil. Their last name is Kim. It's the Kims. The Kims? The Kims. He is played by Paul Sunhyung Lee. Amma is Young Mi. They never say their names. Again, I'm not going to call them that <laughs> ever while talking about this. She is played by Jean Yoon. Janet is the daughter, played by Andrea Bang. Jung is the son, played by Simo Liu. And Jung's best friend, Kimchi. <laughs> His, his name is Kimchi. Uh, his his name is Arnold, but there's a backstory to his nickname, Kimchi. He is played by Andrew Fung. 
So basically his dad left when he was a kid, but his dad gave him the nickname Kimchi because he loved Kimchi when he was a kid. And now all he has left of his dad is the nickname Kimchi. And I'm like, that's That's so dark. It's so so dark. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's kind of cool that he's like kept it, but that's sad. But it's okay because if you ask him, but (laughs) Janet and Jung's cousin came over to visit in season one or two. I can't remember from Korea, and she's like, oh, why do they call you kimchi? And he's like, because I'm hot. And then she laughed, and he's like, that wasn't a joke. (laughs) It's great. It's a wonderful show. So it's based on... Kim's Convenience. Kim's Convenience. Because they run a little, like, corner market convenience store. If it was in New York, it would be a bodega. It's just, like, a little minute market. Okay. That they, you know, they live above it, and their little apartment up there, and they have the store downstairs. It takes place in Toronto. I did not write down the neighborhood, but I don't think that's super important. (laughs) So the show is based on a 2011 play of the same name, Kim's Convenience, written by Inz Choi, who was also a Korean-Canadian immigrant. And a lot of his stuff was, you know, based on his life growing up because I think his parents also ran a little shop. So the Kims, Appa and Amma. Okay, (laughs) so... I wrote it down, spelled U-M-M-A, but there was an article written in the Korea Herald, and they spell it in Korea E-O-M-M-A. And I'm like, I don't know why the spelling change. Also, it doesn't really matter because it's just the word for mother. I was going to say, as long as it's pronounced the (laughs) same, it doesn't matter. They were both teachers in Korea. They came over to Toronto for a better life for themselves and their future children. Janet is the daughter. She is an artist, a photographer, who was going to school at OCAD, which is the Ontario College of Art and Design, and Jung is their son, who is the older one. He is not an artist. <laughs> I don't know why he would also be an artist. He There's a, an estrangement that happened. He kind of got into some, like, trouble <laughs> in his teens. Him and Kimchi would go out and, like, run amok. And at some point, he stole from Appa, and he kicked Jung out. What a turd. Yeah. So, they don't really get along. He still talks to Janet and Amma sometimes. But he works at a car rental place, Handy's, with kimchi. Okay. There are other people who have names and, like, recurring roles, but that's the family and also kimchi. Who <laughs> is basically part of the family at this point. Basically the family. Yes. So... It's a really good show. I, I don't... What makes it good? It's just great. Okay, well, obviously, all the... the storyline one. Well, the storyline, but also not inclusion. What's another word for inclusion? Diversity. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all of the diversity is great. It does have some criticisms <laughs> from people who, in my opinion, suck. So... Like people, like famous people that are like trying to like tear down? Just like reviewers who aren't fans. Okay. So I wrote down some, a couple little blurbs. Only accents are funny in Kim's Convenience, and people are laughing at the characters, not with them, which I think that that is not true. And if you are one of those people, then maybe take a look at yourself because it's great. Okay. It's a sitcom, but it's not like over the top. Like they don't all have to be Ray Romano, you know? Right. (laughs) Like, if there's, you know, the misunderstanding doesn't have to be like, oh, it's because they're Korean. It's just like in one episode, <laughs> the first season, he, Mr. Kim, wants to see Janet's friend's portfolio from art school. <laughs> and the friend's name is Gerald. And he's like, oh, no, you don't. It's fine. You don't want to look at that. You can just look at Janet's stuff. And he's like, no, no, let me see. I'll tell you. I'm, I'm really, you know. I'm really smart. I can tell you if your pictures are good, basically. <laughs> so he, like, takes it from Gerald. And, oh no, it's just naked pictures of Gerald. Because he needed to do, like, a... Like a... A portrait. Yeah, like a nude portrait study for his class. <laughs> so he's just like, Gerald, you should find a different model. And a panty. Because no matter... Because that <laughs> translation never happened for him. So he doesn't say underwear. It doesn't matter who's wearing it. It's a panty. It's a panty. <laughs> it's a panty. <laughs> I mean, I think it's funny that he said that. I don't think that... I wouldn't necessarily call that, like, racist. It's like, not because he's I think, Korean. 
It's exactly <laughs> like it's, it's not like I read. Okay, so I read another article that I was I had low hopes for, and it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. But it was from, and I'm not going to say the title. <laughs> I'm not going to say who it was from. It wasn't a president. It was a publication. But they cited problematic accent or you know people have always found it funny when people have accents like mickey rooney in breakfast at tiffany's i'm like okay but that's something completely different very different (laughs) not a good comparison (laughs) no not in this instance no but paul who plays appa has responded to some of the criticisms about the accents not specifically a response to the ones that i read just now but he has said they won't say but is it because you're seeing asians on the screen oh no well then it must be because he sounds different well guess what asian people have accents the accent isn't about a joke it's part of who the character is but it doesn't make it intrinsically racist if you're uncomfortable with that baggage then you need to examine it yourself and see where it comes from because like (laughs) the joke isn't that he has a korean accent he's from korea (laughs) the joke is like it's the character. That's who he is. Exactly. The person. Like, <laughs> exactly. Because he's from Korea. And the actor. If anything, is I Korean. think. They the... addressed that in season four they just put up, which is why I'm talking about it now. I was going to say, if anything, I think the producers did a good job of capturing the character in its entirety and doing a good job of explaining, like, explaining Korean culture exactly. rather than Americanizing it. <laughs> exactly. People will find anything to bitch about. Yeah. Okay. So in 2017, they won six awards at the Canadian TV Awards. <laughs> I didn't write down the name. Uh, in 2018, they won three awards. And in 2019, the show aired too late for them to be considered for those awards, but they did win an award in 2019. They won Most Popular Foreign Drama of the Year at the Seoul International Drama Awards. So, like, not only in Canada are they winning awards, but also in Korea. <laughs> so, like, that's like fucking cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's amazing. Uh, I love yeah. that. Cross-culture. Exactly. Uh, the first season, they had 900,000 viewers. Season one. In season yeah, one. A show that nobody knows because it's brand new. <laughs> they had 900,000 viewers. Jeez. Um, and that happened at this, you know, this whole thing comes at a time when Sandra Oh is the first Asian woman nominated for an Emmy as the lead in a drama and the first Canadian, Asian Canadian or Asian American woman to host the Golden Globes. So, like, that's cool. And also... I love... It's important (laughs) like it's relevant it matters (laughs) well also hey guess what it's not just fucking white people who watch tv (laughs) right like that's part of why okay so even the casting is very purposeful so jung the actor who plays him simu leo just Mm -hmm. was just cast last year as the a new marvel hero (laughs) <laughs> like he's okay kind of so he's just like come onto the scene and they're like oh we well want he's you because... like he's a hunk <laughs> like he's a good looking well, dude yeah so he like got attention obviously well, but, yeah but like we want you well that too but i mean i think he probably went in and <laughs> auditioned for that audition of course to him, but the uh ins Choi, the creator the writer of the play and then obviously is involved in the show has kids and he doesn't want them to watch TV and be like, oh, so, like, all Korean kids are just, like, nerds and we all work in IT. <laughs> like, look at Jung. He's a babe. <laughs> like, you know. Right? Like, you have other options. And it's not the whole, like, immigrant dream family. Like, they were teachers and they came over and now they, they run. They Yeah, they run a corner store. And one of their kids got into, like, legal trouble <laughs> and works at a car dealership. And the other is an artist. Which isn't something that immigrant families usually want for their kids, but like they're still doing their best, and they're yeah. still valid characters and humans, right? They, <laughs> those people still exist in the world, like yeah. So I just think it's a really That's important cool. show, and I'm really protective of it, <laughs> which is why I don't recommend it to as many people as I should. <laughs> I just, I mean, I think I might probably watch no, it. No, I mean, you really need to. Okay, one of the funniest episodes is the second to last episode of season four. <laughs> So it's called Knife Strife, right? So <laughs> the uh, cops come and they're like, hey, do you guys know anything about the stabbing that happened? And they're like, oh, no, we didn't even know that there was a stabbing, but we'll let you know if we hear anything. So the cops leave and then Emma's like looking around and they're like, what are you doing? She's like, do you know where that knife is that you cut that apple with earlier? And they're like, no, why do you need the knife? She's like, well, I found it in the dumpster 
And I think that it might be the murder knife. <laughs> They're like, wait, what are you talking about? What? <laughs> yeah, so she has to, like, explain the whole, I was out back and I saw the knife and it was a good knife and you can't just let it go to waste like that. So she took it out of the dumpster. <laughs> oh, my God. But but uh, Appa oh. just looks at her and he goes, you let me put into my mouth an apple cut with the murdered garbage knife? <laughs> It's just the oh, best. God. It's the best delivery. It's the best ride. It's so good. And oh it doesn't my God, have, I have to watch it's this. It's so good. It doesn't have to be, like, over the top and insane. And, like, all of the things aren't resolvable in, like, a 15-minute conversation, which is kind of, like, the test. Like, oh, you were at your house and, like, my best friend called you where you're cheating on me. Like, obviously that can be resolved yeah, it, easily. That's like why death. I hate rom-coms because i think they're all unbelievable (laughs) but like there's some real hurt there like jung stole from his family who worked hard to get here and that's why they're estranged and like they're working on it but (laughs) it's not all easy stuff it's like heavy real shit it's real stuff that would actually happen and the joke isn't they're korean the joke is sometimes he doesn't understand why offering his customers a gay discount is problematic (laughs) 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 which is the first episode Because it's Toronto Pride Week, and uh, he won't let someone hang up a flyer, and they're like, oh, is it because you hate gay people? And he's like, no, if I hated gay people, would I be offering a gay discount? <laughs> like, that's also a problem, but... <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's real good. And they're like, but how do you know? <laughs> he's like, I, don't worry, I can tell. And they're like, okay, so I can have those chips for free? He's like, no, you're not gay. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. There's also a female priest at their church, Pastor Nina. So that's cool. But it's just a good show. I can get down with some. I can get down with some Kim's convenience. Yeah, it's just charming. Oh, and they have been on the 31st of last month, I guess. So like a couple days ago, they announced that they have been renewed for two more seasons. That's exciting. (laughs) So they have season four up now, and then so they'll have at least six seasons total. Yes. And cool. Simu Liu has said that he will, like, they'll, everyone's going to try to work together and figure out how he can do the Marvel thing and also come back and be Jung for the show. <laughs> two years or two seasons? Yeah. Well, he, they, he got cast for Marvel before they renewed them. So he was like, that was after season four. He was like, you know, if there is another season, we'll try to figure it out. But now it's like official. They have two more seasons. Right, we'll cross that bridge and we get there. Oh, we're there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just so charming, and I love it, and I'm oh, very protective of it. I like it. <laughs> I don't. I have people. My mom always asks me, "What are some like shows that we should watch?" And I'm not saying this about my mom specifically, but like sometimes I just don't suggest shows to people <laughs> because I don't know that they'll laugh at it the right way. You know? Yes. I'm like, I if totally you're laughing understand. at the fact that he has a Korean accent and not the fact that his wife gave him a knife to cut his apple that she found in the trash that may have been used in a murder. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I totally understand that point of view yeah. or that perspective. <laughs> I'm the same way myself. Yeah. Like, I just finished watching Tiger King. I have not watched it because it sounds like a real bummer. It's I hear they're real about... dicks to the tigers and I'm like, I don't want to watch that right now. It's actually more about the story of the people than it is I more know about that the tigers. It is, the tigers like... are more of like an accessory. But doesn't he like take away a newborn tiger from its mother or something i mean yes I don't there is that watch that right now it's i'll watch kim's convenience again it's just so fucking ridiculous that the sadness of the tiger being taken away from its mother is not diminished because obviously that's important mm-hmm. an important topic to be aware of yeah. but it just goes so fast there's only seven episodes yeah so we've watched one every day for the last week and wrapped it up earlier this afternoon. But it all just happens so fast that, like, even though there is, like, that moment of sad, I don't like to be sad, but I can handle that mm. in this sense. That said, you know yourself better than <laughs> I do. And if you're not comfortable with watching that, don't watch it. Yeah, it just but sounds like a bummer. <laughs> I can watch I'm that I'm super later. empathic. <laughs> yeah, I'm super empathic. And, like, now might not be the time for other empaths like yourself to watch sad things. Yeah. <laughs> But like I said, it's more about the um, more about this people story than it is about the tigers. Yeah. <clears throat> it does get a little bit sad when they talk about not being able to feed the tigers as much as they should or whatever. Um, but I think that just more or less raises awareness of why it's so important that tigers are not in captivity. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go watch Kim's Convenience. It's lovely and you'll enjoy it a lot. <laughs> I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> Good. That's one of my favorites. All right. So that wraps up my last thing. Kim's Convenience. 
if you like us, go ahead and give us a like on SoundCloud if that's where you listen. Or if you're over on iTunes, give us five stars, please. We would appreciate that. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and iTunes. Not iTunes. Sorry. <laughs> Twitter and Instagram at Yes Dude Podcast. And don't forget to tell your friends to listen. Any other thoughts? Um, not as of right now. I think you cover all the bases. All right. Come back next week. week. Bye. Bye.